to another very special pre-summer, almost summer edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our sound dude, JP, and a special guest, Chris Bragg, is in the house. Spinning the hits. No, it sounds like he should be spinning the hits with that kind of intro. But anyways, folks, yes, we have just had the run in 2018. It seems like New Year's Eve was just yesterday, right? And we uh, had so much activity. If you're like us, we had our awesome Kingdom Builders Banquet. We had a marriage mission retreat with Father Nathan Cromley. We had a launch of our lit gatherings, our lit groups, season one and two. Hundreds of people gathering for seven consecutive weeks, which was absolutely awesome. And, uh, you know, school, of course, all the activities. If you're parents, we had kids in sports and all of that. And uh, as homeschooling parents, some may still be in school. Are they kind of winding down now, Steph, even the quote-unquote brick and mortars? I think pretty much everyone is wrapped up. Okay. Colleges for sure. And so, um, you know, this... This is sort of a, one. somebody might call it an intermission or a, a deep breath, if you will, following those uh, five or six months of activity. And we're, this, is the last, this is the last month of the half year, and that's a lot, half month of before we move into the second half of the year. That's crazy. And uh, we're going into the summertime. And uh, in a moment, uh, Stephanie has some thoughts on how we might look at this summer in a special way. How might we look at this as an opportunity uh, as parents, as families, to receive that grace. But I just want to direct you all, folks, to um, you know some pictures we just uploaded. If you're a Facebooker, um, go to Facebook and check out our Mass Impact Ignite the Planet. Mass Impact Ignite the Planet. And uh, find us. You'll see some awesome pictures from our Praying with Fire conference. It was a few weeks ago on Pentecost Sunday, a truly powerful experience led by Bart Schutz. He's with the John Paul II Healing Center. And, uh, you know, it was so powerful when we did the survey, almost unanimously, everybody said, we got to bring this guy back. It was a solid, Catholic, reverent, uh, open door to encountering God more fully alive in our Catholic faith. And you have heard this before, but I've heard it a million times, but I'm challenged every time I hear it. So it's worth saying again, we've received the grace. We've received God's grace in our sacraments. We know that in our heads and we continue to receive it, but are we stirring it up? Are we cooperating with that grace? And Bart gives witness to that. He, he certainly um, led us through that day before Jesus in some aspects and others not. Um, uh, literally in the chapel, if you will, in the church at St. Joan of Arc, led us in the presence of Jesus through some powerful things. And then there were some presentational parts outside of that. But to stir up 
that grace, which for many of us may be just sitting dormant, right, at the bottom of of the, our souls, if you will. So a very powerful day, and you can see some images of that at uh, our Facebook page at Mass Impact if you check that out. And um, so I do want you to even make note that we're going to be bringing them back next year's Pentecost, June 9th, Praying with Fire Conference 2019. We're delighted that we already have him pinned down. It was so hard to get him this year, but uh, he was very moved by his time with us. And uh, we knew that many more people would want to experience this. And so stay tuned. Um, the registration, obviously, a, mu- a year in advance is not up, but anticipate that. You're excited, that. aren't you? I'm really excited because, well, tell me, well, you know, we talked about this before, but just even now, what has stuck with you, Stephanie, a few weeks out after that event? So first of all, I'm going to have a shout out to Scott Grau, who is our amazing photographer. You're uh, Sending people to see these pictures on Facebook. Thank he, you, Scott. Just a what a good guy, great heart. We thank you. Um, not only is he professionally gifted, but just his heart. He was so excited and offered to do this for us. So we love you, Scott. You're awesome. And of Amen. course, Becky. His beautiful wife. Yes, we love you too, Much Becky. Much better half. Hey. Um, so the Praying just with kidding, Fire... Scott conference was just very powerful for me personally it just Bart it was um, the second time that I was blessed to see him in person but he as our son Joseph um, said to him he just exudes the heart of the father Mm. and if you heard his story which we've played here on Ignite Radio Live and we've talked about you know his father basically abandoned Mm. his family powerful um, story when he was only five years old and lived a double life and just all this crazy stuff and so Bart took that wound and brought it to the father and in that healing just really prayed for the grace to be that fatherly presence, you know, um, to others that the Lord would use him in that way. And I think that that God has <laughs> abundantly answered that prayer because he just, mm. um, really gives witness to that. And it's unmistakable, um, the heart of the father that comes through his words and his prayer and his witness and, not a person who, you know, proclaims to have it all together or whatever. But That's just the beauty of it, in absolutely. fact, is humility. Absolutely. Um, you were going to say something great. Go ahead. So, folks, um, if you didn't hear him or even want to go deeper in the things we're saying and experience his story, experience, experience, literally, uh, you'll, you, I think it'll be an anointed experience just to hear one of his talks. Go to IgniteRadioLive.com. And uh, that's our podcast page, IgniteRadioLive.com. It's the most current episode, episode 169. And uh, you can stream it. You can get it on your app. Um, if you want to play it anytime, you can download it. It's just an hour long. And I just really encourage you to listen to that. And a theme woven into that talk also that is haunted in a good way, Holy Spirit haunted, is this emerging notion in our culture of e- emotional quotient. We've all heard of intelligence quotient, which is kind of what we're born with. And we, some of us, grew up in an era where that seemed to be all important, an analysis of our intelligence. Emotional quotient, though, is not static. It's something we can grow in. And it's a bigger prediction of success in our marriages and in our families. Bart exemplifies an emotional quotient. That is a right ordering of this gift 
of feelings and emotions that God gives us, a right ordering of it to to, to God's design, to truth. Um, so we were talking about it with brothers this past Saturday at our monthly Catholic family gathering, and I can tell you some very successful brothers in Christ. They're successful in their marriage. Well, we're working it out, right? Successful, though, in their marriages and families and successful in the work world. And uh, they were enthralled, and each one brought a kind of different piece to this insight of our need to rediscover a right ordering of our feelings and our emotions. They are so important. God gave them to us, but the right place for them has a predictive quality of every aspect of life. Some shared some generals who were extraordinarily successful because they had this quality of a high emotional quotient. Um, So just jumping back to the question that you asked me, um, something else that was powerful for me personally was to see how practically Bart um, made praying with and for people because, Mm -hmm. and I know that sounds kind of silly, practical, but um, I think made it more. Walked us through it. Yeah, he walked through some certain steps, if you will, which might sound cheesy to some people. Well, why do you need steps? But just really to equip. In fact, I think that's what he names or calls one of the things that he offers, a day of equipping. Mm -hmm. And where it's not meant just to be in this church building, but really equipping one in a certain way um, to help attune one's soul, spirit, to what God might be saying and how to discern that. And also then how to comfortably... And um, confidently, if you will, uh, enter into that prayer with other people. And that just, I think a lot of people were very moved by that. There were a lot of very ministry-minded people there um, who very much appreciated that. The openness that these people had that day was very striking to Mm. me. Like they wanted to, to learn more. They wanted to be more open. They wanted to be more attuned to the heart of the Father and what he might be trying to say to them and the way in which he might speak to that person individually. I loved the um, feel of community, you know, just even though many people didn't know each other, there was a real sense of unity um, in our faith and the fullness of that faith, meaning, you know, label it as charismatic or traditional or whatever. um, But just the, the fully Catholic, you know, we are called um, to pray with and for each other in that way. And I love being in the presence, um, the Lord, the Eucharistic Lord was not exposed, but we are blessed to be in his presence, mm-hmm. you know, as he resided in the tabernacle. But just the power of that and the richness of our Catholic faith. And we have to give testimony to this, which is interesting because I don't know if we've spoken of this publicly, and we really should. Because in Scripture, there was one instance where Jesus healed, I believe, ten lepers, and uh, only one gave testimony or gave witness. And he said, well, were not the others healed? Are they not telling the story also and giving thanks and praise for what they've done? What a challenge to us tonight. And I'm going to give you folks a chance to call in and share what God's doing in your life in this testimony. And and the question goes to you also, has not God done something in your life of late? Relationally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Because it's not meant just for us. We're meant to give witness to a world that needs to know there's more. Do we not need to know that there's Amen. a supernatural power that's alive and present Preach. in our lives? And how do people know if we're not telling the story? And they may not be these monolithic things of a you know a actual compound fracture being healed, although it could be that. I've experienced that personally, by the way, literally laying on of hands and seeing a compound fracture healed, worthy of giving testimony. But it may simply be what seemed like a coincidence, but it was a God incidence. What has God done in your life of late? Anyways, at this event, Bart 
led us in praying over one another. What I love about that is that it wasn't just the guru guy who's the healing guy, and let's all, praise God, drive miles to go to the guru guy. And believe me, maybe a little bit of sarcasm in this, because I, because I do think it's a good thing. Go in faith to places where people preview. I got it. But check this out. He simply led us ordinary folks to pray over one another. And he taught us how to do that. Even though some of us have been doing it for years, a lot of folks hadn't. And of all those who raised their hands saying they needed some kind of physical healing that was measurable. So follow what I'm saying here. Those who raised their hands with an identifiable physical thing in need of being healed, 80% of them experienced some kind of healing along a continuum. Some were even monolithic, i.e. a pain or a suffering that they had chronically up to that moment were prayed over by the you and me nobodies. But in God's grace, we're somebody. So that was a very powerful thing. And it ought to make you think like it makes me think, why aren't we doing this? Why are we, you know, if you will, creating prima donnas out of Christianity and not realizing he chooses the schleps like you and me. He can speak through Balaam's donkey. You know, he can speak through an A-double-S like me. You didn't get the beep button, but I think that one's okay. That slipped through. Um, Seriously, folks. Mm -hmm. People who are in need of knowing God's power, it says uh, signs and wonders would accompany them. That wasn't just for 2,000 years ago. That was for today and now. He wants to make himself known, to manifest his supernatural presence through this ordinary means of you and me. But do we believe it? Do we pray over one another with confidence in his power? I will say that since that date, and we as a family, by the way, do this a lot, but maybe it reminded us of that grace. And I'll simply say and give testimony that relationally, emotionally, and physically in our family, since those three weeks ago, we've experienced miracles. We've experienced healing. We've experienced renewal. We've experienced an awareness that God wants to work powerfully. So here's the number for you to call in and share. What is God doing in your life of late? 877 877- Two seven five eight zero nine eight eight seven seven two seven five eight zero nine eight. I just gave testimony. We gave testimony to what God is doing present day, not just two thousand years ago. He's a God of miracles. He's a God of wonders, and He wants us to trust in Him. He's always working. May not be in the way that we want Him to work, right? May not be in the timing, but He's always working, and uh, and we can take take stock in that, if you will. So as you're chewing on the story that you're nervous about, calling in and sharing with us and giving testimony, 877-275-8098, Stephanie's going to cue us up for uh, thinking, a way of maybe thinking about this summer and uh, moving through it in a grace-filled way. You always give me lead-ins, and then I always retract them and go my own route. So first... That's beautiful. Because <laughs> I just... It's who you're I you. am. That's right. So... Yes, call in 877-275-8098 and give witness. Tell us what is going on in your life. What is God doing? Give thanks, give praise, ask for prayers. Um, But I did want to add also, if you were at the Praying with Fire conference and have something that you would like to share, um, we encourage you all the more to call in and tell us your experience. 877-275-8098. I have to say, too, as... um, Listening to you, Greg, I was getting these different images of the um, number of married couples who were there that day. Mm-hmm. And there's something Beautiful. very powerful um, coming together in that way and, and being next to each other and praying with each other and over each other. Um, that was very profound. So we praise God um, for those graces. 
So yes, your intro, Mr. Schleter, was all about some, 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 summertime. That was impressive. You overcame some How about that? fears and obstacles. You sang. Thank you. I gotta wait till our twenty fifth anniversary before you oh sing to me goodness. and I just got the song. Someone calling you summer breeze. Um makes me feel so fine. it is just an awesome, awesome time of year. And I must say that as a former brick-and-mortar classroom teacher from another lifetime ago, it seems, to present-day homeschooling mom teacher, there is nothing like the feeling that a teacher has when summer has arrived. I think a little bit more excited than the students are. If you can turn off the uh, raccoon gene, for sure. Oh, no, it's just the internal (laughs) excitement. So that being said, you know, you spoke of all the busyness and this going on and that going on, and so true, you know, during the school year, There's always stuff. I don't care how old your kids are. I don't care if you're empty nesters. Just if we're living our life um, in the Lord, there's always something to do and something going on, right? So, but I'm speaking in particular to those of you with children or grandchildren that you're responsible for. You know, we always have reasons why we put off stuff because of this activity or that activity or this meeting or that meeting or, you know, needing to do this or needing to do that. And, you know, summertime arrives, and I feel so often we fill it, we clutter it, we set aside even more so those things that are most important. And by that, I mean prayer in particular, personal prayer and prayer as a family and also just meaningful time together, you know, to come together um, and, uh, you know, not just filling it with a busyness of this activity and that activity or having to go to the zoo and do this and do that. And those are can be all mm-hmm. great and meaningful things. Shout out to the zoo. Chris Bragg is an employee at the zoo. Woo. Um, <laughs> what a guy. But just so I encourage you very strongly. I can't tell you enough um, how awesome it would be for you to take this time that the Lord has blessed you with and schedule, if need be, specific time for yourself in personal prayer if you're not already doing it or maybe a lengthier time because you might have more time because you're not running kids to school or you know have a little bit more time in the morning because you're not making lunches or doing whatever but and then also check out the live it gathering guide if you haven't done it yet because it's an amazing thing to do as a family or as a married couple regardless of your age well you can find it at I, well, no, because I'm going to give them our, our new thing, our new branding, if you will, our new focus as we enter this summer leading up to our family Emmaus. Are we going on August number 12th. four? Yes. Our fourth annual? Yes. Um, which will be August 12th at St. Joan of Arc is I love my family. US is the website. I love my family. US. And we just really want to, as Catholic Christians, proclaim that truth. There's so much in our culture around us that speaks opposite of that. And we just want to, as JP2 told us, to proclaim it from the rooftops. Mm. I love my family. Families become who you are, right? That means living a life in unity as the Trinity. So you can go to that website, ilovemyfamily.us, and register if you would like already for the August 12th event, which is going to be awesome. I'll let Greg talk about that in a minute. But as you're, you know, these days of summer, you can find the Live It Gathering Guide on there. So what that is, is a way that makes talking and praying as a family fun and easy. 
there's uh, there's a whole guide. You don't have to follow it exactly. That's why it's called a guide. You can make it your own. But just some starter questions, a prayer, an opportunity to kind of guide you through some apologies if need be, daily questions, a victory, a challenge, an affirmation, a gratitude, something new going on. Just all these amazing, cool things that you can do to spend this time together. And then most importantly, I think, they have the... Um, the readings for the upcoming Sunday listed. Mm -hmm. And along with that are questions that are meant to be a guide again, to kind of get that conversation going, to reflect on that scripture, to see how um, the Lord is speaking to you individually and as a family and just to get it going. And you'll be amazed not only what it does to your family life, but also as you enter into mass on Sunday Mm -hmm. and don't take a vacation from mass on Sunday. It is a mortal sin to miss deliberately um, you gotta go. You gotta go. You that gotta go. You put your hand to kind of cup the microphone, yeah, kind of give like a Darth Vader or something. So don't miss mass. <laughs> the Lord desires to give us so much. We're the ones jipping ourselves. We're not doing anything to God, but we all are called to him to praise him and such as to give, you know, an hour a week is so nothing, especially when we get so much when we go the body, blood, soul, and divinity, scripture, everything, right? The community life, the whole thing, but I digress. So if you are spending time on these readings and talking about them, when you go and you hear them again, it just makes them all the more alive and, and furthers the discussion that you can have together. So you person, yes, I'm talking to you, listening right now. You're the one. This isn't just the background. I'm speaking to you. You're meant to call in and share with us what God is doing in your life. Some specific example of anointing or grace that you're grateful for, that you want to proclaim. I know you're nervous. Doesn't matter. Oh, you don't have the number? Okay. Well, get a pen. I'm going to give it to you right now. Hold Wait. on. Wait. There it is. Hold on. Oh, oh no, pen's, no, the pen's not working. Okay. Oh, the pen's, the pen's okay. Not working. Go get it. All right. Got it. Now that you got it, write down this number and call. Go. 877 275 8098. You are listening to Greg and Stephanie Schleter on Ignite Radio Live on the wonderful Annunciation Radio. So we're going to, as we're waiting for you to overcome your fears and call in and break the ice and give witness, 877-275-8098, we're going to open in prayer right now. Before I actually even do that, I want to mention this Friday is a concert in the Toledo area. It's actually in Michigan, right over the border, but Toledo area. For a great cause, cancer. Uh, beautiful woman in our parish, uh, experienced uh, by God's grace. She recover is, I guess you'd say, recovering. Um, in, thanks be to God, healed from cancer. And um, experienced in, in the midst of that uh, divorce, which made it even more tragic with some younger children. Um, she began going to Mass as an occasion of grace and healing. And she encountered our son and daughter, singing regularly, and she was looking for other musicians um, to join Tammy Trent. So Joseph no, and no, no, Grace... No. sorry. Tammy Trent. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Natalie Grant. Flashback. It's funny because we've had Tammy Trent. Natalie Grant in concert um, for this benefit of the Victory Center. And Joseph and Grace will be opening. They call, kind of came up with a quick name, Heart to Heart. But well, it'll be basically... And it's on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. So 25, 30 so minutes of praise and worship at uh, Cross... Crossroads. Crossroads Community Church. How can you find that? Where can you get your tickets? You do have to buy tickets. It is benefiting the good work of the people of the Victory Center. 
go to Eventbrite and just search Natalie Grant. You'll find it. That's what they're the way they're saying it. So Eventbrite.com and uh, do a search on Natalie Grant. So I'm going to give you the number again. We're going to open in prayer. And then actually we're going to proclaim the gospel. John Paul is in a moment. This coming Sunday's gospel. And we're going to invite you additionally that maybe something hits you in the gospel that is a question or a challenge or an inspiration. We're going to invite you to call in and share on that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we praise you for the richness of our Catholic faith. 2,000 years, God, of this church that you gave us, your very presence, your body, giving us the grace of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that we don't need to do all the work of trying to figure this or that out. You do make it accessible to reason, God. But you've revealed to us, God, you've made known to us your very self, your very presence. And um, you've paved this road to eternal life, literally, God. Well, we're on a vast landscape where we could go many different directions. And all the papers and the media around us may point in those directions. Every biography, Lord, we thank you that gives testimony that the way is narrow and that you've revealed it and you've paved it as a way of abundant life in this world and the next. We just renounce whatever lies and spirit of the enemy that would introduce clouds or debris or stuff or junk that would maybe unduly cause attraction to ways outside of this path. They've been tried, Lord, and found wanting. And each of us have in our own ways, Lord, ventured beyond those lines without which we'd be saints and we're working towards that, Lord. So we do repent. We desire to literally turn the meaning of repentance. We desire to turn more fully and completely to be on this path, God, only by your grace, not by our power, by our cooperation with your grace poured out. We want to be on this path, God. We want to see your, your, uh, your presence alive, and the world desires to see you alive, Lord, not just dead and gloomy Christians or Catholics, but to introduce us, God, all the more and deeply to an encounter with you that overflows to those around us, that exudes joy and exudes the power of the kingdom. Let your kingdom come, God, that your will be done here in our hearts and our minds, in our relationships and our families and our world, here and now on this earth as it is in heaven. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So... John Paul is now going to hook us up with Sweet. this coming Sunday's gospel. Sounds we invite good. you to pay attention, folks, because um, as this is part of the lit guide, again, we're not at the service of our own great idea. We're at the service of revelation. We're at the service of God's word, which is God's presence himself. He is in his word to form us and guide us. And so with these lit gatherings, they are transforming marriages and groups and parishes and um, we're just simply going to proclaim the gospel here. And there are four questions. I'm not going to read them all. But the first one for all of the readings for groups, imagine your group gathered or your family gathered and proclaiming the gospel. And just the first question is enough to open up doors. And that question is this. What struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? Think about those questions. And I do invite you to call in and share if, as John Paul proclaims this gospel, any of that strikes you at 877-275-8098. Awesome. 
Can we open back up in prayer? Or you may, young okay, Padawan. Sweet. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and open our ears that we may hear your word. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Glory, Glory to, to you, Lord. O Lord. Jesus came home with his disciples. Again the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them even to eat. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to seize him, for they said, He is out of his mind. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder the house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. His mother and his brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd seated around him told him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he said to them in reply, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated in the circle, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. So folks, again, you're tuned in to Ignite Radio Live, and we are inviting you to call in and share, certainly how the Holy Spirit, how God's been working in your life of late. And now we're opening up another uh, opportunity or avenue to share with us, to kind of have our own little lit gathering here on air. You can find out this guide at ilovemyfamily.us and download it and easily access it from an app or the website. And uh, the gospel that John Paul just proclaimed corresponds to this coming Sunday. And very simply, what are we doing? We're taking time to receive the grace right now. We're taking the time to receive the grace of God's Word speaking to us uh, through this gospel. And the first question that we ask, and I'm opening it up to you, young Christopher and Jean-Paul and mm-hmm. Stephanie. What struck you in this reading? What challenged you? Inspired you? What questions did it raise? Um, something that struck me in this reading, the phrase struck me, was uh, when his relative said he is out of his mind. Um, and I, I just think it's an <laughs> awesome... Can relate? <laughs> I can relate. Um, I just feel like because Christianity is so, um, against this world, if that makes sense, um, the world should see us us Christians as out of our mind. Um, like Mm -hmm. if we look at Pentecost, they all thought that the, uh, apostles were drunk Mm -hmm. and such. If we look at, um, I guess like David, when he would dance, he like (laughs) danced nude, um, not encouraging that in today's society at (laughs) all but basically just how we have to be out of our minds uh for christ um we have to be seen as 
not just be seen, but be people who are living for the next world. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what struck me. Christopher, what jumped out at you? Uh, what really challenged me in this reading right here is the line where it's like, um, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness because so mm. many other places in the Bible and readings would say like, come to the water no matter what sin, no matter what struggle, mm-hmm. and you will be healed. So that really challenged me, struck me out. But I feel like this relates back to the first half of this gospel reading where it's talking about the house divided because if we are divided among ourselves, um, how can we seek forgiveness? If we're trying to ask for forgiveness, but we're not sorry for it ourselves, mm-hmm. where are we going to go from there? And we need to first reconcile that place in our side ourselves and see that we committed a wrong um, to the Father we love. And from there, we must go on and then ask forgiveness from the Father. And I feel like we can get past that hurdle. I like that. Amen. So let's take a moment and maybe consider both of these points, both of which struck me, by the way, John Paul, the whole, uh, he's out of his mind (laughs) in understanding that appropriately. And Christopher, your focus on, if you will, the church has summarized it as the unforgivable sin. And, you know, so we were talking about this even a little bit on the way here to the studio and the unforgivable sin, maybe something like, you know, the door of the prison being open it's open. Jesus has has opened the gates. He's freed us. Objectively, he has freed us from sin, but maybe we haven't, if you will, appropriated that freedom. So the shackles could be off our hands. The key is there. The door is open to the prison, but we're keeping the shackles on our wrists and we're staying in the prison and maybe even closing the door. Um, and then wondering maybe, well, why aren't I free? Because we're choosing not to receive we're choosing not to receive the forgiveness. We're choosing not to act upon the forgiveness, or if you will, the freedom that uh, that God is offering us there. So it's our choice. Right. And so I was just doing a little bit of reading, I, I confess, because <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, and um, EWTN has a great um, summary of it. Uh, I'm not sure who wrote the article. He's on Catholic. James Akin. I think he's on Jimmy Catholic. Jimmy Akin. Yep. Akin. Uh, Aiken, he's on Catholic Answers um, quite often. So his answer is very thorough, and uh, without going into all of it, he does. He said, uh, talks about how St. Thomas Aquinas has a whole lengthy four-part mm. um, way that he answers this question, but uh, he also speaks of how JP2 answered it, and it's not just a not choosing but it's a uh, more of an obstinate refusal of Mm. accepting that forgiveness or um just really relishing and um living in that life of evil if you will i think is one of the phrases that jp2 uses so i just like there's i don't know like that to me is so much more powerful yes how many how often do we you know choose not to or you know what i mean like that just sounds so much more nice (laughs) and gentle versus an obstinate refusal Mm. you know and um that's not only blasphemous right it's ignorance and just sad Mm. but anyway so check it out if you're interested in um and educating yourselves a little more deeply. So I, I think about a psychological factor in that, which is tied into the human person and our relationship with God. And with Bart and Bob Schutz, exposure to them, and Peter Herbeck, another wonderful brothers in Christ, we know that hurting people hurt people. 
and healing people heal people. And maybe this is an occasion for us all to reflect what is that wounded, um, unmended, unhealed part in us from our relationship with our parents, the father wound, in a particular way, monolithic way for all of us right now listening. You know, what ways were we perhaps wounded by a father or a mother, which is the most primal relationship we have growing up? Rejection, bitterness. We heard a number of stories from Bart about that, um, that in dealing with them and facing them were occasions of being set free. But the absence of that, the absence of looking into our inner, you know, the wounds that were caused in our childhood, that we accepted, that we cooperated with for sure, that we've entertained, are, are the things that hold us captive. Um, even for many of us, quite frankly, that go to Mass. And, and in fact, here's the interesting thing, and you find this more and more in books that I'm reading. How many very devout religious people have this kind of obstinacy? It sounds odd, but religion becomes a mask or an excuse not to deal with the inner stuff. Here's a good challenge to us along this line of maybe blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If we like to go to our religious events, and we, we do, that we experience something, or our weekend retreats, which we do, we experience things, but it's not transforming us, or we're not allowing it to transform us, if it's not affecting our relationships with our, those closest to us, our spouse or our children, we ought to maybe pay attention and ask the question, are we really receiving the grace, or merely kind of just, you know, being close to the fire, you know, just kind of walking along, use the other metaphor of the streams of living water, right? Um, we're just walking along the shores of the streams of living water, maybe dipping our toe in, but not really jumping in and, and availing ourselves to that healing grace. Maybe right now, as you read this, it's an occasion for us as we look to this Sunday to consider as we go to Mass and we begin in the very beginning, the mea culpa, you know, our sin, our separation, our choice. What are those areas that we'd like and need to be healed from? What are those wounds we need to repent? Things that we've done to others, things they've done to us. What are those lies that, uh, of the enemy that he's been whispering to us that we need to renounce so that we can in a new way receive that grace? That's the way I kind of receive this. And just knowing many people, you know, um, brothers, sisters, uh, myself, reflecting on this stuff more deeply. John Paul, do you have anything to add to that? I wonder if at one point you were cutting in. Um, no. I mean, another thing that struck me, which so always kind of strikes me from I, I love reading the gospels from a Marian point of view mm. um, like if Mary was there because we know that Mary was likely um, like there for a lot of the different stories she obviously wanted to be with her son but um, during like I follow the you last I know Paul. everywhere I go That's right. um, who is his mother yeah so th- just like for the whole who are my mother and my brothers and um I just wonder what that would be like putting myself in uh, the mother of God's shoes just because part of the sacrifice that Mary had to make was to kind of be in the background um, because her being the mother of Christ also meant that she was going to be um, the mother of everybody. Um, But it also meant that, uh, that I, I guess that other people would be Christ's mother um, in mm. a weird uh, sort of way. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just kind of mind-blowing for me. Um, Relational connection yes. through Christ and those whom Christ is related to, yes. she becomes our mom. Um, but just the sacrifices that she made, and I think um, 
if we're going through disappointment in our life for a lot of people, um, not that Christ was doing this and being like not noticing his mother, um, but I think that a lot of people feel unnoticed by um, siblings, by parents, by children. Um, and like Mary's been in those shoes, like Mary's, Mary's walked it. Um, so, so yeah, that, that always strikes me. So Dr. Mark Miravalli, who is a world-renowned Mariologist, uh, theologian at Steubenville. In fact, I think he recently addressed the uh, Legatus group here. Uh, it's blessed to know him, call him a friend. And um, one thing that stood out among many things of studying in his class, uh, I was working at Steubenville at the time and was blessed to take classes for free and uh, just very blessed by him. But in this particular passage, he just emphasized so clearly, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother and who does the will of God perfectly? The Blessed Mother. Mm. So um, it would have been understood, and Jesus is already opening the door, uh, wanting to prompt us beyond a worldly way of looking at things, or rather to see the connection of our world and the sacramentality, the physical things. You know, he spoke of farming, and he spoke of, you know, just his, his uh, parables used very human realities. And so the human reality of brother and sister and mother, he's wanting to help us connect that to the kingdom of heaven. And Mary is not only his earthly mother, but he's almost stretching it, if you understand it clearly, to an understanding of her as you intuited, John Paul, as our heavenly mother. And, uh, and how awesome already that, you know, for those who are paying attention to this reading, that we realize that our participation doesn't end in the, the few years that God gives us on this earth, but it opens up a horizon, a horizon of relationships with a father in heaven, with a mother. It is a family, and our experience of family on this earth is meant to be an experience of God, and of course our family's fallen, and we may stray from our rebel or be obstinate against, as we suggested, a father figure or a mother figure because of the way our earthly mother or father treated us. But let's pronounce it, perfectly doing the will of God, Jesus, perfectly doing the will of God. Of course, he is the second person of the Trinity. Perfectly doing the will of God, the Blessed Mother. They are uh, examples for us and in whom we can find a participation in the Trinity. So you guys are all lofty and beautifully profound. And <laughs> row, row, row your boat? No. So what jumps out to me first is the very beginning where it says, Jesus came home with his disciples. Mm. So like right there, my heart kind of gets warm because, you know, it says he had nowhere to lay his head and he's always going. And so, of course, like home, that's just such a beautiful word, right? And then the mom on me gets a little fired up because it says, again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them even to eat. Like, just let them eat. Let them just <laughs> sit down and have a bite, right? <laughs> so, so much just practically can be taken from that too. Or, um, you know, again, those with families, craziness sometimes abounds and you feel like you can't even have that moment of peace where you can eat in peace or eat a hot meal because... You're tending to whatever, this interruption or that interruption. Um, so one, just how the Lord can relate to that also. Um, but also, also how that's, it's okay with him, right? So he's like, okay. So he does what's at hand. He responds to the need there and with his explanations and reprimands and um, challenges. And he just does it, right? So... So I'm going to thank you, Stephanie. Um, folks, you tune in to Ignite Radio Live, and we're delighted you're with us tonight. And we're, we're literally receiving the grace. We're taking the time to receive the grace 
to chew on the grace uh, through the Word of God, through the story of Jesus Christ in the Gospel, who is Jesus. He's the second person of the Trinity. He reveals our nature. We live in amnesia, most of us. Are we not distracted or in a cloud uh, of forgetfulness? Who are we? And Christ reveals our nature. That's why this is so important. It, it uh, hopefully awakens us more deeply to our nature. And um, we're doing the Lit Gathering Guide a little bit. We're reflecting on this coming Sunday's Gospel. And I'm going to ask Christopher here to proclaim it again. Um, before I do, just we again had our monthly Catholic Family Gathering. We've been doing them for over three years now, almost on a monthly basis, 50, 60, 70 people in our home. And uh, it's a great evening of dinner, and, uh, and we uh, reflect on the Gospel. We pray a rosary. We hang out. Men hang out together. Women uh, high school kids, etc. John Paul led the grade school and the middle school kids, and um, he introduced them or took them further with his group, as he shared with me, the Lexio Divina process. Um, and just, we're not going to go into detail, but I encourage you folks to just take the time with the 10 minutes or 15 minutes that you give God, even with that, sit with this gospel and uh, consider just one simple word or phrase that jumps out to you, that speaks to you, especially as it may connect to your deepest heart, your deepest needs. And read it a couple times. Enter into it. So John Paul proclaimed it once, and uh, in that spirit, because we want to receive this grace, we want to be attuned to God's heart for us personally, I invite you to listen to this again in light of that deepest need that you have. What is that deepest need? What is that need in your, your marriage? What is that need with your son or daughter? What is that need with somebody at work? What is it that uh, is emotionally stirring you in the last day or perhaps the last week? Just be aware of that right now as Christopher now proclaims the gospel again. So once again, uh, reading from the gospel according to Mark. Glory Glory to to you, O Lord. Jesus came home with his disciples. Again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them even to eat. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to seize him. For they said, he is out of his mind. The scribes who had come to Jerusalem said he's possessed by Beelzebub, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, then the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder the house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, He is an unclean spirit. His mother and his brother arrived. Standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd seated around him told him, Your mother and brother and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he said to them in reply, Who are my, bro- who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated in the circle, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, folks, I invite you, as we just set this up, proclaiming the gospel once and reflecting on it, what stood out for us. Christopher originally pointed out the house divided against itself idea. 
And uh, John Paul um, uh, pointed out, is it backwards? John Paul, he pointed out the he's out of his mind idea in the first paragraph and beautiful. Stephanie, my wife, um, definitely from a maternal standpoint, had that heartfelt insight of the human reality of it. If something struck you, call in and let us know. How did it speak or how maybe is it speaking if we are in this gathered group here, the beauty of this station? Thanks be to God. And we pray for continued blessings on all involved with Annunciation Radio. This makes the community, this beautiful community, connected. And it's an opportunity for us to, uh, to edify one another. So 877-275-8098. How maybe did the gospel, hearing it now twice, speak to you? How is it speaking to you? Christopher, you had uh, some thoughts. Uh, reading through that a second time, um, going for back for the whole mother-father thing that we were speaking on earlier, um, it brought me to part of my class. I was going through a scripture class. I had the blessed opportunity to go to Steubenville this past semester. And amongst my scripture class, we were focusing on what does God call us to. And he calls, uh, calls us to that uh, familial relationship, that blood desiring, that mm-hmm. blood of the covenant. And that's the whole story, the basis of Scripture. And I feel like that's another thing we can get out of here, that God just doesn't want us um, to be friends, but he wants us to be family. And mm-hmm. he's calling us to an everlasting family. That's awesome. awesome. Um, I was just going to say just how, not to sound whatever, but poor Jesus, right? <laughs> so, like, they're he had a accusing... Rough life. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> he had a From really rough of life. Here he is, just trying so hard to bring us to the Father, right? And to um, be introduced and partake in this blood relationship that Chris is talking about. But just, so they're saying he's out of his mind. They're saying he's possessed. They're saying the only reason he can cast out demons is because Satan's in him and which doesn't make any sense, but Satan is going to cast out other demons or whatever. And yet he just continues, continues to Mm. continues to persevere in love. So we get it right. Or just to give more and more opportunity to get it. And then even declares after, you know, these really awful things are being said to him and about him. He still offers an opportunity to be family. Mm. You know, Beautiful. do the will of the father and you are my brother, my sister, my mother. I mean, that's just, um, that's mercy. That's love. That's awesomeness. I love God. What a dude. So, dude. so some of us, I, I think all of us need to take even a step back uh, if we're not experiencing transformation. We read about these and we may know that there's power here. We know that Jesus heals the sick and raises the dead. And the greatest, of course, power is conversion. There's no greater power than that supernatural transformation of being a child of this earth, of the devil. There's no other way. Or they're ultimately a child of the devil is Satan, adversary, a child of God. That's it. When we face God, those are the two, the two options, the two realms, the two lords, the two cities, if you will. And uh, all of us are battling in that field. That's the reality. That's the crystal clear, sobering reality of our place on this earth right now, fashioned in the image of God, temples of his Holy Spirit, his grace poured out, the truth to line that path we talked about. And yet, you know, are we finding ourselves obstinate? And the truth is, let's be honest, all of us experience obstinacy of some sort. We're experiencing a disordered affections. We desire things, and we keep choosing these stupid things Some aren't even immoral, but we just keep choosing these things and worshiping them above God. And then we wonder why things are spinning, why we're in disarray. So what I was going to say is maybe it's not enough just to know that. 
In fact, it isn't enough to know that. To step back, though, and say, as with this reading, if we were these people, which we are, maybe we look at this and say, oh, it wouldn't be me. I'd be the one who believe all the stuff Jesus says. I'm not going to be the one he's yelling at. Well, you know, if we looked hard at our lives, we would be the ones he'd be challenging. And maybe it's an occasion to, number one, humble ourselves and say, God, as I'm saying right now, you know, I am living to some extent in shadows. I just am. Because I have disordered affections. I desire things, even in a small degree, that are, are, are causing me less than the peace that you call me to. So number one is recognition, that I'm not there, that there's disorder in my life, to look at it squarely. And number two, a heartfelt prayer. Lord, can you help me see this and to receive your grace? Lord, help me to recognize the ways in which I'm maybe, you know, um, calling you out of your mind that I'm afraid of living the life that you call me to live because I don't want to be regarded as out of my mind. I'm too afraid to speak up to the person that needs to hear some truth. I'm too afraid to maybe as a father set the landscape in my home to encounter you. I'm essentially saying, hey, God's out of his mind and I don't want to be regarded as out of my mind anyways. And to that extent, the irony of this is, to that extent, I'm not going to say we're possessed by the devil, but we're certainly under his strings as a marionette. We're certainly, it's a scary thing, but let's just name it for what it is. If we're not availing ourselves to God being Lord and moving us completely without fear, without resistance, to that extent, we are at the other end of the marionette that is in the hand of the enemy, of Satan. We need to say, Lord, all the more conquer me, set me free. Make me aware of this entrapment, of this prison that I'm in. I want to be set free. I want to know the grace. I want to live more fully for you, God. I want to, as this end of this gospel proclaims, the end in mind of this entire set of Jesus' actions, powerful words and actions, is, quote, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Let's look hard at that. Doing the will of God, it's more than just going to Mass. It's more than just maybe tithing, which how many of us even do that? Tithe 10%. It's, it's looking at our whole lives as a blessing. Every aspect of our lives is we are blessed. And for what purpose? That's the second part. I mean, we may know we're blessed and thank God for that, but let me ask you tonight, right now, do you recognize that we've been blessed to be blessers? When's the last time before we spent a dollar we said, God, how are you calling me to spend a dollar? Or the time that, we, that he's given us. God, how are you calling me to spend this time? What account will we give, brothers and sisters, looking back over even the last week with the tremendous blessing of time that we were given? How will we account for that? What difference did it make? Think about maybe how much time we were immersed in our media, in our devices, the conversations that we had. Did they give glory to God? Did they lead people more deeply, including ourselves, to intimacy, to that familial relationship Christopher talked about with God in heaven? Did they result in greater intimacy? Are our families further ahead in being alive in the Holy Spirit, in building those intimate relationships with one another, in breaking down the walls, in reconciling, in kinds of conversations in our families, or are they just at a neutral level? Because that's the gift of time that Stephanie began tonight with, that's the gift of time for us to this summer perhaps say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to put a flag in the sand. And I'm challenging right now as you're hearing this, if you want to be in the will of God and you recognize the power, the blessing he's given you of time, resources, energy, all the faculties of imagination and heart and mind, when is the next time you're going to schedule right now to talk and pray in your home? When is it? 
Are you even moving to a point of making that conviction saying this will be the night, this will be the time that I'm even going to extend it to my spouse and to my family? I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to realize that's the purpose that that time was given to you for. To receive God more fully alive in our relationships. So John Paul and or Christopher in the few minutes remaining, um, words of wisdom or encouragement for the young people this summer. Uh, Walk it. Don't just talk it. Um, Come to lit. (laughs) Unpack that a little bit. It's easily said, but uh, color it in a little bit. Walk it. Don't just talk. What are some examples? uh, Fill it out. I, I, there are many uh, people my age, the age range of high school who um, talk about their faith uh, when it's comfortable, but when it comes to actually living it out, um, it becomes a problem. That's a challenge in my own life. It's a challenge when you are surrounded by people who aren't 100% on board with you. Um, but, I mean, just it's just one of those things that you just do, and it's amazing how life-changing it can be for others. I know in my own work experience and such, when I, I have that choice when somebody's saying something or you can just have a spiritual sense that someone's broken, um, like reaching out to them, mm. not just like, hey, you'll be in my thoughts or I'm sorry for you or whatever, but like, hey, Jesus is in it with you. Um, like Jesus is holding on to you. Like um, just live, living it out in that way. Um, this summer, I I just get a sense for any younger people listening or who will listen to this, just that it's going to be a summer of fulfillment, mm. but you have to walk with it. Mm. So, Yeah, um, anyone in the summer, especially the young people who got out of high school or grade school or college, whatever, um, take this time to really focus on your faith, that you don't have the studies of school to worry about, mm. especially at this time might be working but still take that extra time that you have in your morning and your day to really focus on that folks we're so blessed you were with us tonight trying to open our hearts and our minds all the more to God who loves us so much he wants to inhabit our hearts and our minds and he wants to guide us on a road to eternal life with him and not just for ourselves but to overflow to others to surrender lesser things for greater that's it to surrender lesser things for greater. And he's given us this context of marriage and family. So do go to ilovemyfamily.us, ilovemyfamily.us. And in all the ways suggested there, join us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen.